Sensibly Speaking Podcast. This is Chris Shelton, your host. Thank you very much for inviting us into your home this week. Um, as you can see, I am joined for this third and final part of my interview with Katherine Olson. Hey, Katherine. Hi. Thank you very much, by the way, for taking all the time that you've taken to, to really lay all this out. Yeah, this, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we've been, you know, this is, this is hours in the um, making here. And, there's, and, and, and our stories are not short stories. We were involved for decades. Yeah. So, um, so you guys are loving it. So we're just gonna keep going yeah. here, and what it's we're actually gonna... great to go through everything, isn't it? Yeah, it isn't it? It's is, kind of yeah. cathartic. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Um, so we're gonna finish it off, and yeah. where we left off last week was we were talking about all the way up to the point where you had gotten to a headspace where you saw things were not good. You didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. You were basically kind of burnt out, fed up with the whole thing. But you're still in Columbus, Ohio, as That's one right. of the many Sea Org members out there. You're not in L.A. That's right. Um, you weren't married. You didn't have any familial connections or anything. So um, in terms of, you know, picking up and taking off. Uh, that's kind of where we're going with this. But you had made a friend mm -hmm. or should I say external influence. <laughs> Hi, Osa. Was heavily externally influenced. <laughs> Thank God. Exactly. Uh, so um, that's where we left off. And you had been in touch with this person. Yeah. Um, and uh, you had also uh, listened to some of my stuff, Aaron's stuff. Uh, you mentioned that Matrix video. Yeah. And you were sort of like, okay. And I thought it was hilarious that you were out passing out Scientology promo. <laughs> While listening to and reading, you yeah. know, all of us and Theta monsters, right? right? So, right. Okay, so picking up from this, where should we? Okay, so I went over how um, how he had sent me. My friend had sent me um, this very extensive email because he found this. He found the letter online that my mom had written, and he and she had laid out our whole story and what happened between us in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, which I already covered, and. He was just asking me, you know, did this happen? Did this happen? It was very like direct, like just yes or no. Did this occur? Mm -hmm. Because also at that point, he being not a Scientologist, never connected to Scientology, never knowing really anything about it, anything about the structure or anything. Um, he had, he had looked up some stuff online for himself and he had found out like sort of what the Sea Org was and what, you know, what it meant to be a steward member, what it meant to be a regular class five org staff member. He wasn't totally clear that I was a steward member at that point, even though I probably told him, but then it, it just, it didn't register at the time because he didn't really know what that was. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then he had found some stuff online about what the steward was like and the whole, you know, stuff with disconnection and people having to leave or people being kicked, just like horror stories, which are all over the place if you just mm -hmm. look. Um, so he had seen quite a bit of that and <clears throat> he started getting very worried when he realized like, yes, I actually am in the Seorg. And he was like, you're in the Seorg, but you're in Columbus, but, and he didn't really get it. So I had to, I, I explained it as well as I could. Right. And meanwhile, I was going back and forth in my own head on like, should I go back to LA and route out? Should I like, what, what am I doing? And I was coming I was coming closer and closer to, I'm just going to leave because of all this stuff I had seen and 
I was just not impressed with, you know, the whole thing about clear, uh, the, the OT levels. I didn't like study. I didn't like read all the OT levels, but I got like the gist of it sort of. Oh, really? Yeah. So you did, uh, you did the dive into Xenu? Yeah, and- I actually did. Cause I'm like, I actually, I, I need to know about this because I've been now in this organization for, you know, 28, almost 29 years total yeah. class five and being in the Sea Org. And I don't really have an idea what I'm doing, which is not right. Like, I don't know what I'm working towards. If I'm working towards something that's total bullshit, I don't want anything to do with it because I'm not personally happy. So am I going to be happy once I get to clear an OT? And then, then I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, this ain't happening. Right. It's not happening. So what I, cause people are going to be curious, of course. <laughs> right. Cause just like me, you were in for decades yeah. on this faith that the upper Someday bridge, you'd make it to OT, right? Exactly. Someday, right? And all the, and what you're told continually through the years, because I talked to every OT I could get my hands on, right? And sit yeah. down. And you're told over and over and over again, all the answers are there. Every mystery, every question you've ever had about yeah. life, it's all answered. That's actually why I started studying the golden age of knowledge as extensively as I did. Cause I'm like, I need to find out what Scientology is. And if I still want to be associated with it, that was sort of in the back of my mind when I started studying. Oh, Cause I'm like, I, regardless of what people tell me or what I hear or whatever, I need to study it for myself, but I still wasn't getting the ant. Like it still didn't, it still didn't, um, something still didn't make sense. Right. Even studying as much as I had. And I'm just like, well, maybe when I get to OT or whatever, I'm just like. And that's what we were yeah. told is yeah. that is that everything's on the OT levels and it will all be answered there. Yeah. And because um, I was in a very similar boat in terms of I wasn't studying all the tech because I had um, because I was like, you know, convince me or I'm out of here. It was more like I'm trying desperately to understand. Yeah all these inf- you know this all this information and and i'm trying to you know i thought i was trying to decode life yeah yeah right? like i used to read as much as i possibly could like i read yeah. the whole tech dictionary i read like you know every hcob i could get my hands on when i was just like right whatever if i had a few minutes i'd be like i'd be on sir you know on the the computer system that has all the the uh references yes source information retrieval also known as Sir, it's an index or uh, a database of all of L. Ron Hubbard's uh, written works, and it's computerized, and and uh, not everybody has access to it yeah. or full access. Yeah, I, I mean, say. we didn't even in the ILO. Yeah, we had more access than other people did. Right. So I'd be all over that as well. Right. <laughs> For right. Quite a while. <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah. I read every eval I could get my hands on and at the at our level mm-hmm. and all the ouds and everything. I was I was convinced at one point that Elron Hubbard didn't sleep. <laughs> and so I went into Well that's the, why the Sierra members don't sleep, right? Well that right. was that, yeah. I mean yeah. right because we, <laughs> we were continually being told yeah. you're just dramatizing, right? And you don't need to sleep. Way to happiness says the Scientology moral code that Hubbard wrote says Get a good night's sleep. sleep. Yeah, get right? sufficient sleep, yeah. right? Get fed, get you take care of your yeah. body, right? Be temperate. Common sense stuff. But we didn't have common sense in the Sea Org. And I used to wonder, and I because I was getting sick and tired of being tired all the time and like being exhausted all the time. Yeah. And I thought, well, Hubbard must have solved this because he never slept. And then I go into the ouds and I go deep into uh, yeah. into trying to figure this out. And I find I dig up schedules from the from the Apollo, from the ship and stuff. 
Hubbard was getting a full night's sleep right. every night. Hubbard had right. plenty of sleep, right? And and people had to tiptoe around his cabin when he was auditing and stuff. I mean, Hubbard was Hubbard had all kinds of hours in the day. It's, it's, it's like what you hear about uh, the like you hear about this, the stories from people that were at the int base mm-hmm. about how they'd have these, you know, hours and hours and hours long meetings that went like into the night with David Miscavige. And then they'd have to wake up on time the next day and he would sleep in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, his his uh, maid, basically his service people are like, you know, wandering into his room at like 1130, 130, yeah. 230 in the afternoon. And he's and he's getting up, you know, but he's the most important one. So he has to get enough sleep. Yeah. Very important. He sleeps because he does everything. That's right. right. That's right. It's all on Miscavige's <laughs> shoulders, isn't it? Right. So anyway, yeah, I needless to say, I found out that that was total horseshit and that uh, Hubbard actually uh, demanded sleep. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that didn't really work out so well. Anyway, anyway please continue. <laughs> so, um, okay. So then you've decided now. Yeah, I basically. Oh, that's just... right. I needed to ask about OT3. Oh, well, I have to. Well, I need to ask you what was your reaction to it? Because Zenu and the whole story is. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's a much, little bit. Wow. You know, just, what, what, what did you think? I just thought it was weird. Okay. Because it's such a, it's such a left turn, U-turn from all the other material. Yep. And you can't, it doesn't correlate with anything else. So you're like, mm. it's really not what you're expecting. That's here right. On the OT levels. I don't know what I was ever expecting, but I wasn't expecting anything like that and it's just... me neither i was expecting because and this is what i was reading and reading and studying for is i was expecting some kind of mechanism or some kind of thing you were going to deal with where you would uh, directly be addressing the other dynamics yeah that's yeah, that would make sense thought. because you're supposed to full ot is supposed to be ot on on all the dynamics that's right? right that's right and so rather than. So, what than does it that being, have to do with this it, whole, like, it really takes a left turn? Exactly. Because the lower level stuff is actually, it's actually, it's, if you look at, if you know what the whole bridge is on the lower levels, it's like, it, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and the sequence and everything kind of makes sense. And especially if you get into studying as much as I did on like the, the Congresses and the advanced, advanced clinical course lectures which he really goes into detail on the whole developmental track and why he developed why he developed what now became the srd and how that fits in and how that is really important and you're like okay that that makes sense but then it t- takes this whole like left turn into fairyland and you're just like right. okay i'm not impressed no i'm not really interested in that <laughs> <I> can- <laughs> exactly and yet as many ot's have told me over the years all of the body fate and entity stuff and and a lot of the other stuff is in the earlier works. You can yeah. dig that stuff up out of History of Man and stuff like that. But you don't really have you the context really it, to no. understand it in the actually, way you understand actually, it later. The only, the only place I can think of where it sort of was in is if you look at some of the references on um, the assist technology, especially on like, you ever do hello and okay? Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, it's like, well, what are you saying hello to? You know, you kind of, you can kind of correlate it, correlate it to some of that, to some sure. of the assist technology, but that's, and some things on like entities and, you know, the GE or, but that's even like, okay, fine. You have the G, you have the GE and you have the Phaeton, but where does all this other stuff come in? 
Right. Well, the, the obviously the confidential bit is, you know, you're you're you, you've got thousands of these entities yeah. stuck to you, yeah. right? And there's this whole horrible incident. That part isn't clear, but the existence of entities or separate, you know, life ent- forms that are yeah. affecting you and stuff like this, it's kind of there, but it's not really clarified enough for you to ever really figure it out before yeah. you before Hubbard gets to OT3 and then he just flips the script and everything is opposite world all of a sudden you know yeah. all those voices in your head it's not your own reactive mind it's all these other reactive yeah, minds actually from all these actually other since i've been since i've been not studying scientology not in the environment at all my universe has calmed down 100 <laughs> i'm like Good. i'm so much calmer i'm so much more stable like right. stably happy and stably not like worried about things i'm just like Oh, it's the opposite of what I was expecting to happen. You know, yes. you expect to be like, oh, I'm so messed up and whatever. And you're just not. No. You're really not. And not neither is anyone who I've talked to. Like, you're you're totally fine. You're doing great. And you just like did the whole college thing. I think it's awesome. Thank you. And same thing with with the Headleys, you know, Mike. Well, everyone I've talked to is, is so much more happier and so much more there than they were when they were when they were in. Scientology in the Seorg. I knew Mike Rinder was when he was in the Seorg and he obviously he was he was just he was always like I don't want to say nervous but like he obviously wasn't totally a happy person. He was very uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for but anxious. Yeah very anxious and that's the way most of the the very senior execs are because of what they have to you know dealing with David Miscavige all the time I'm sure. That's right. right. So I it's was, the opposite yeah. of what I expected to run into. It really is. That's a very yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Well, I have to say, I'm very happy that you were experiencing that. Yeah. And it does, I mean, it makes sense as far as how I look at things because um, the amount of environmental threat surrounding you now yeah. and surrounding us now is so, you know, less yeah. uh, than, it, than, than when you're in that contained bubble world where there's a hammer kind of over your head the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It's always there. Exactly. You never know when it's going to fall. You're going to get justice. You're going to get conditions. You're going to get busted. You're going to, you know, for anything, for, for this, for, for sometimes stuff that makes, I mean, that, that book thing, you know, if somebody had really gone on a tear, they could have justified taking you off post and sending you back. Oh yeah. Totally. You know, because you dare to do book ads. Yeah. You know, I like just still absolutely bonkers. I mean, it's so opposite world in Scientology now. I, I swear to God, I just don't even recognize any yeah. of this stuff. Anyway, definitely, uh, I, I, I concur with that observation. I, I have experienced the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice. You know, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really nice. It nice. It's so nice being on the, the environment and just yeah. like, you just get to chill. Yes. And you can go anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want. And you know what I mean? It's just like. You want to go on a drive for two hours and not tell anybody? You can. <laughs> exactly. You want to drive up to the mountains for the day and, and you can. You know what I mean? It's just like, and it's not like, oh, it's some big award and you have to be upstart and you have to be like, you know what I mean? Yes. Just, oh my God. Of course yes. you do. Of course you know what I mean. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I do. Yeah. It's, it is so fun to watch you go through this process. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and everybody's been great that I've that I've talked to. Very, everyone's very supportive. Even even the comments so far on the videos are just mm-hmm. like they're awesome. It's it's like I really appreciate it. It's yeah. It's it's actually extremely supportive. It's really cool. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, okay, good. Well, we, we did a little Scientologies there just to kind of get your reaction on the OT3 yeah. thing. But it sounds like basically, you know, I, I was furious. I was very mad. When I read it, because yeah. it was because it was just so illogical and it didn't really fit in with any of the lower yeah. level stuff. And even after now, after I've talked to some OTs and broken it all down and done a show on it where I kind of explained Tom Cruise's ego and why it's so oh, insane. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I the mean, OT yeah, auditing. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, it, it it makes its own kind of sense, and yet it is so batshit crazy stupid that yeah. you're like, this could. How does anybody ever buy into this? And of course they do because. They've invested right. <laughs> a couple million dollars yeah, in getting exactly. there. Exactly. Or you their know. entire life if you're in the sewer. You that's know? right. Yeah. That's right. You kind of have a... Uh, or your family is all in it. And so that's what that's the only thing you've known. And that's what you do. That's right. And then when the, and when the burden of proof is go into a room and, and look at the needle move around. Oh, there it is. It's proof. It worked. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, not exactly a high bar. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the needle, what I what what no something that pissed me off actually is yeah. I was talking to Mar Mark Headley. <laughs> he was saying how how you could basically take everything that the and this makes sense with the current level of technology in the world. You could take everything that the emitter does and you could practically like put that on something like an iPod. Yep. And meanwhile, you pay like five thousand, six thousand dollars for an emitter. I actually bought an emitter myself. I bought a white emitter that's now sitting in Columbus. I don't know what they did with it, but. <laughs> But I bought one myself because I was like, yeah, I need a meter. And now I'm just like, what a waste. You could take that and you could, you don't have to charge people $5,000, $6,000 for this thing. Actually, no, that's double that because you're supposed to have two. That's right. It's, uh, anyway. Yes. Yeah, it's a ripoff. Sorry. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a ripoff. Not completely. sorry, not sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, nothing to be sorry about there. Uh, okay, good. So let's pick back up on your story here. So. Um, so you read all this material, you yeah, actually did stuff, get yeah. the full debunk in your head of, oh, this is actually bullshit. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much full, but then I was, I was like, okay, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. How do I actually, how do I actually leave? Okay. So I could call my mom. I don't want to call my mom. I don't have any other family I want to call. In fact, I, I, I really don't want to do this through family. And, um, my friend was trying to figure out how he could help me, but that was a little bit not real him to you know drive to to columbus yeah, and pick he, me up right <laughs> i mean he was considering it but it was just okay then what am i going to do now i want to i want to ask you about something i want to yeah. i want to check into this a little bit because it seems that the actions am i right in concluding or thinking here that the actions your mom had taken to try to intervene to try to get you to see what was going on had failed to a degree that you now were like, yeah, I just can't talk to her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it really was. It really, I mean, at the time I was like, wow, my mom doesn't love me anymore. Cause she doesn't want to talk to me or she doesn't want to, you know, she's not, if I, she doesn't want to talk to me cause I'm in Scientology, but it wasn't really like that, but it was more like she wouldn't like handle her situation or her standing with Scientology so that she could then have a relationship with me. <laughs> So that was kind of like, I wasn't okay on that for a very long time. Right. Because you, so you saw it as she's not handling her shit. Yeah. Right. For, she's yeah. got crap. Yeah. She's nattery. Yeah. For right? a long Critical. time, that's how I saw it. But then I oh. started to see it not that way, but I still wasn't at the point where I felt like I could just 
call her up and mm. and do something there. I I don't know. I, I was in a I was also in a very weird headspace, so I was just kind of like I'm not really sure what I want to do. Right. Thing. Well, that's and that's precisely why I'm asking you yeah. because it because it seems that that um it's a it's a it's this balancing act you know and this is and this is why i stress so much to people out there that if you have family or friends who are in a destructive cult situation where they are all in you're going to become the enemy if you don't manage that properly yeah Yeah, you have to do it slowly you have to do it very light touch and that's exactly what he did Mm -hmm. that's exactly what my friend did and and it it took a while and it actually I came to my own realization just by him asking me things but asking me things that weren't like you know like why are you doing this I've seen blah 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 online and not anything like that because he knew that would just push me away I'd be like right. oh, I don't want to talk to you it was more like about me like are you happy there like what happened to you personally like with analyzing the whole letter from my mom what what happened to you did this really happen right. And then it gets me to like look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's true. And we even went over like, um, I remember <clears throat> talking to him about the doubt formula before because I explained the conditions a little bit to him. Mm-hmm. And I explained to him about the doubt formula and he's like, well, what, if, what about if you're in an abusive relationship? Then what do you do? And and do you announce to the person that you're leaving so they can shoot you? Or well, like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> What a great question. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about, right? I'm just going to, this is just, just object lesson here, case study, <laughs> like seriously, all this, this stuff right. I preach to you guys, really important. And, and, and here's the reason why I'm highlighting this, or, or I want to emphasize this is, this is QAnon supporters. This is Scientologists. This is JWs, Mormons, anybody in an extremist headspace of any kind. Social stuff, political stuff, right? You, you, this is, you, you got to slow your roll man (laughs) if you want to like change hearts and minds you have to realize that what you're doing is trying to invite the person to change their own mind you ain't changing it they are and they're not gonna do it or they're not gonna even consider it if you don't if they don't feel they have a good reason to review or examine or think about their beliefs And, and it's these kind of personal non-accusatory, non-argumentative questions that are going to get a person there way easier and way faster than you sitting there arguing with them. Right. You know, I can't, I just, I really want to stress this, right? This is, this is how humans work. So, um, so if you're looking for how do you do it, here yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it was like also pointing out things about the outside world, like, you know, if you weren't, if you weren't, the, if you weren't there, you'd have so much more time to pursue what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I was always trying to get into like a, a an arts type creative type post, mm-hmm. um, because I'm an artist and I love doing it. And I started to get into, into photography a little bit in my spare time. Right. And I'm just like, God, I'd love to do this full time. And he's like, well, why don't you? I'm like, no, cause I'm doing something more important or so I thought. Right. But always, you know, pushing that and, and yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just asking and not judging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he was masterfully helping you with this. Yeah. But now you came to the point where it was like, okay, well, how do I logistically do this? Yeah. And that went on for the rest of March, April, and some of May. So then 
And it just kept going back and forth and just like, how and do every I do this? day you're reporting to post. Oh, yeah. Doing your stats, passing out the promo, doing I was selling the work. Books. I was actually a pretty good selling bookseller. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> now, now we're a year after COVID has, yeah. has come out. So people are coming back out and. Yeah. And we were going out and we were doing promo and selling books and stuff. Okay. So. At this point, just to just to pick up a little bit on the um, how many people were coming back in the Oregon stuff, had you had you recovered everybody back? No, in? there was still there was still a percentage of people that were like, no, I'm not going to do the protocols, or and a percentage of people that were like, no, I really don't feel good about going out yet because of COVID, right. and I don't want to do that. Like, like even the uh, the OT committee, the OT committee chairman's wife did not come back in the org for a very long time. Mm. And then both of his daughters as well. They didn't they didn't want to come back because they were like afraid of COVID. Just as an example, it's like the the main guy who's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like a top dog public yeah, level person yeah, going, then, Yeah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. And then another major uh donor for the the ideal org, like he donated like a lot of money. He was like, I'm not doing the protocols. And he required a whole extensive handling and there were there were other people like that and like i said i wasn't directly on public lines so i just kind of hear it through staff meetings and whatever and be like you know the ed announcing you know we need to handle the last people that don't want to come in and and then you had new people coming in who you'd also have to handle to do his protocols right if they oh, wanted to be right. they wanted to be on service yeah, that, yeah what, that oh exciting. i hadn't even thought about yeah. this yeah, brand new people coming in. Yeah. They're supposed to mask up and glove up. And decon yeah, seven. What, the, what was supposed to happen is that every person that came in was supposed to see all these videos, uh -huh. right? On um, it was called brief, brief breath and eternity. This is your brief breath and eternity to basically, you know, go full OT, OT before the planet explodes. And <laughs> it wasn't said exactly like that, but that was the gist. Um, so everyone that came in was supposed to see these videos. And, and how, how many videos were there? I think it was like three total. Okay. And they tell a story? Well, they show them like the whole, um, like the stay well videos on like, you know, mask gloves, all the like common sense type stuff on like stay well, like it was the whole stay well videos, right? Okay. And then there was the whole thing on um, on what Flag did with the Decon 7 and, and how Decon 7 was like developed and how it was used and that was a whole nother video yeah that was a whole other video and then there was one and that then there was one on like um there was flag public that were telling like how great it was to be a flag and how safe they felt and everything and wow how there was always people cleaning and they get their packages that were you know with a little sticker saying this was sanitized or whatever you know it's just all this stuff that they do for flag public okay so it was this whole series of stuff that they're supposed to see. So then we we're also supposed to show these to brand new people. That's, what I'm, that's yeah. why I have this look on my face right and, now. I'm like, and, how does this, <laughs> they must yeah, have been did, like, what the fuck are you yeah, telling me like, here? Like, what is what this? What is this? Yeah. So that was kind of, that was very odd to show to new people. I'll bet. Yeah. So they routinely pretty much were having a negative response to that. Yeah. I mean, some of them were like, oh, that's kind of cool on like the Decon 7 and everything. And, mm -hmm. but like the, you know, the flag public telling their wins and whatever, that was just like over their head. And then they'd end with like this, this thing on how, you know, the planet's going downhill. They show like this, this, um, 
think they read the brief breath in eternity reference. Mm -hmm. Cause the idea was like, you know, go up the bridge while you can type thing. Meanwhile, the guy doesn't even know what the bridge is. Right. And it's just like, no, it was, it was not made for, it was not made for a raw public, mm -hmm. but then it started being, yeah, everyone's supposed to see it. Interesting. <laughs> Again, you know how you couldn't make this stuff up. I, I, in my wildest dreams, I never imagined they would screw things up this badly, this quickly. It's no. absolutely fascinating. So, okay. So new public, so, so our new, are, are there first starts? Are people coming yeah. in and starting? Yeah, there was. There okay. definitely was people that, that would start, but a large percent of them would end up leaving. And not just because right. of COVID, just because they're like, oh, no, I'm not really interested or I'm busy or whatever. Right. And the poor, oh my God, the poor Div 6 supervisor. I felt so sorry for this guy. He, because he would just get nailed all the time because he would lose students. So obviously he has out tech in his course room. It can't just be that somebody comes in and is like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And, but I'm busy with something else. Or no, I'm not really, really interested. It's like it's it's the supervisor's fault if the person's right. not interested. And I was like, I don't agree with this. I don't agree that that this guy just gets nailed on like how he has out supervisor tech. And it's like no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really, really it, not. It, it, it makes sense. It makes even more sense to me that Sea Org members would do that because yeah. because with Class Five staff. Most of the time, there there was certainly oh god, the supervisor's kicking people out, right? He's out tech. He's yeah. not doing it right. That's what out tech means. You're, and the guy you're, actually you're really doing... cared. The guy actually really cared. He was a good guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's hard not to when you're in that post because you have these new people coming in. Yeah. There, these little baby duckling Scientologists, and yeah. you want to you know you want to fluff yeah. them up and <laughs> and turn them into these you know real Scientologists, and yeah. and it's a fun job if you are an enthusiastic Scientologist and I've done it and you get to explain stuff to them and you get to walk them through stuff and you get to help them out and you're helping them with real life problems with what you know with what are really just common sense solutions you know like oh maybe you should try talking to your wife instead of ignoring her you know I yeah. mean real simple stuff yeah, it's, it's not like common sense. you know yeah. some special Scientology secret sauce it's just common sense but you do manifestly help some people with their problems because they don't have that point of common sense. That's why they're there. And you and you get to actually, you know, sometimes make a material difference in somebody yeah. else's life. Um, and that, of course, is all because of Scientology. It's L. Ron Hubbard who's doing this, not me, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So you get this whole other goofiness going on with it. But I guess all I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of job satisfaction possible there. Yeah. Unless, of course, you just pound the guy into the ground all the time because of such a, what a scumbag he is, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he, he has blows. Yeah, right? exactly. Because his students took off. Exactly. And they spend like so much time analyzing where all the people went and just like, yeah. instead of like, just go get some more, go get some people that are interested. Just keep getting people that are interested. You know, some people stay, some people leave. Okay, that's life. Exactly. Not everyone's going to like immediately cognite. Because there was this other thing that was pushed with that was like, if you show people these videos, they will, you know, they will cognite and they will want to stay. And, they, you know, it was like, this is the way to like boom the org, basically, by showing people all these videos. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, like you get into your entire CF. Meanwhile, most of CF, Central Files is book buyers from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I bought Dynetics books. So uh, 
I don't really remember it. I didn't read it. And then you're like, and then you're supposed to get this guy in to see this special, this special briefing from management. And you're like, no, I I didn't say that to anybody when I called and I was considered one of the better callers. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. How silly. And you and you believe that these videos and this order was a direct miscavige? Oh yeah, push. I'm sure it was. I'm I'm sure I'm sure it was because I know the videos were done by S and P, and S and P doesn't do anything unless he authorizes it or he comes up with it or whatever. Okay, and and S and P is Scientology <laughs> Media Productions. That's their new TV channel. That's yeah. that that studio, which is about a mile away from Big Blue in Los Angeles, and it's basically the new Gold Base. Is is kind of the equivalent of what yeah. that is now. I mean, Gold still does. Gold, gold still, uh, they just do tech films and they do stuff like that. But yeah, stuff that there's nothing else there. Miscavige doesn't have to deal yeah. with them. <laughs> yeah. Right. A bunch of SPs. <laughs> and there's nothing else there. Like, right. all management doesn't isn't there anymore. It's basically done by the ILO. Right. So, um, so this, so, so we can we can look to Miscavige for this jewel of genius. Yeah, and, and and maybe things were were re retranslated through management and whatever, and changed a little bit. But I I don't think it was that much because it was always like, this is the answer to getting people in. And meanwhile, in Div Six, when you deal with new people all the time, you're like, no, it's not. Right. No, it's not. In fact, and then and then they're also supposed to read um IG Network Bulletin forty four, the one that came out. The new, the brand new yeah. people yeah. Mm-hmm. are supposed to read mm-hmm. the bulletin. And we refused. We, we actually refused in Div Six. The 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 PCS, the public contact secretary, was like, "No, no, no, no! I'm not doing that. Right. We're just gonna. It's it's completely ridiculous to have somebody read that. Yes, that doesn't. Yes, have a clue about Scientology. Yes, yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, you know, it's a funny thing because. Maybe there are people at the door stopping people from coming into Scientology orgs now. The people who are following David Miscavige's orders. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway. They come in. They're like, joke. what? So, what is this? Yeah. All right. So this is what's going on in the org. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out the logistics of how to get the hell out of there at this point. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're done. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so then, how did that roll out? So then my friend in all his brilliance was, was like, well, have you considered talking to like, or contacting, um, any of these, you know, groups out there that actually help people in these kind of situations? Like, hmm. uh, and I was like, uh, not really. What do you mean? And he's like, well, I found this group and called the aftermath foundation. Really? Yeah. And funny enough, I had actually, I'd actually seen it online as well. And, but I wasn't really, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Uh, no. But I, I knew what it was when he had told me. Okay. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to talk to any of them. Any of them. They're all, you know, all these declared people that got in trouble. And I'm like, no, it sounds kind of scary. I mean, Mike Rinder's in it. And one of my, that's scary, right? <laughs> How interesting. How I was like, interesting. That's kind of scary. What's he going to say to me? Right. Because <laughs> you're, you're kind of in this halfway position. Yeah. Because you're one foot's in and one foot's out. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I knew once I talked to actual, you know, actual people that were declared, I'm like, it's all over. I'm like, I'm, I'm toast after that. And you, and you, and it hadn't occurred to you that reading the clear cog and the OT levels well, it was did. toast. It, it did. It started, yeah, it, it actually definitely started to, but okay. like once you talk to, 
I am still like in the headspace of, okay, well, I could handle that if I wanted to yeah. type thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Once you like go and like, you know, contact declared SPs, then it's all over. Yes. <laughs> I, I will. I, you're actually making me remember August or September 2013. It's the first time I reached out to Mike Rinder via his blog. Oh, yeah. Right. First time I was actually like yeah. going to go you know, reach out to, no, I'm oh, sorry, not 2013. Um, oh yeah, no, no, 2013. Yeah. That year that I was getting out. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'd gone down the rabbit hole, knew it was all bullshit, but I hadn't yet publicly started speaking out or doing it. It was all kind of anonymous posting. And then I was like, I need to talk to Mike Rinder. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Yeah. And I reached out to him and I'm like, I'm not sure if you remember me. And he didn't. Yeah. But I certainly remembered him. <laughs> and, uh, Who and doesn't we, remember him? That was yeah. like one of the first things I said to him when I when I saw him. I saw him a few months ago, and uh, I was like, I was like, yeah. When you left, there was no interesting events anymore. I used to love your briefings at the events. Yes. He, was, he was my favorite speaker. Yes, exactly. Like, hey, where did Mike go? That's right. <laughs> Because Mike would be the guy. I mean, I think you guys know this, but Mike was the guy who headed up OSA, the Office of yeah. Special Affairs. So he would come out with the most with most interesting stuff, the stuff we were just like, oh, yes, I want to know about yeah. all of this, right? How we're going to take down psychiatry and the psychs are going to jail. And it's, Plus, and, he's just, you know, just such a great speaker. He was. He was a good and, speaker. And great sense yeah. of humor and everything. So That's I was right. like, when he, when he stopped doing the events, I was like, where did he go? And then I found yeah. I left him like... It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was my response. <laughs> true, true. So I definitely, and all I'm saying is I understand the trepidation there because yeah. I actually felt the exact same thing. Even after having been anonymously posting and nattering up a storm about, you know, Miscavige and Hubbard and all that, it was like, oh, this is a big step. Yeah. I'm reaching out to one of the bad guys now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm turning to the dark side. Right? <laughs> Which is how they describe it yeah, in Scientology, yeah, by the way. They really they do. do. They yeah. really do. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like Star Wars type yes. stuff, you know. That's right. <laughs> so what happened? Going to work with Vader or something. That's right. Um, so what happened was okay. So then he mentioned this to me, and I'm just like, no, no, I don't want to do that. No, 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 and uh, no, I really don't want to do that. And I kind of got a little bit like Meh, with him, and he was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to help. So then that. I think a couple of weeks passed. And then um, finally I was like, I was like, okay, okay, fine. But I, but you're going to write to them. And actually we, we had a conversation the other day and he, cause he heard, he heard my, my video I did with Aaron and he's like, that's not what you said. I'm the one who said I was going to write to them. So I, I actually don't know if who said it first. Who okay. said he was going to write to them first, just to, just to be fair. Okay. He may have said, well, I can email them or I may have said, I want you to email them. I, I don't remember. But I do know that we decided that he was going to email them. <coughs> Excuse me. And, but I was going to look at the email first and make any tweaks and say what I wanted to say and whatever, right? So then he sent an email and, <laughs> and um, Aaron received it. We didn't know it was Aaron until a little bit later, but Aaron received it and it was like, what the fuck is this? It sounds so not real. So there's a Sea Org member in Columbus who's talking to a non-Scientologist who's, and they're interested in leaving. Oh yeah. no, no, they didn't, we didn't even say Columbus. Cause I was like, don't tell them where I am yet. Don't tell them where I am. Oh, okay. So there's a Sea Org member somewhere in a class five org. Uh, this sounds just totally bogus, right? Total bullshit. And me and Aaron laugh about this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is unusual. Quite, it was quite funny. Yeah. 
So then they answer back and, or Aaron answered back and was like, well, we can't really do a lot. You know, we need to know, we need a little bit more information. Tell her to contact us directly. Right. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. So then after a couple of weeks or whatever, I was finally like, okay, okay, fine, fine. I'm just going to do it. So then I sent a very brief email and I was like, and I just asked like a few questions and he answered me back and was like, well, can you give me a little bit more information? Cause I was, again, I was very brief. I was like, what exactly can you do if I decide to get your help? Like, what kind of help can you give me? And he's like, well, you kind of have to give me a little bit more information. <laughs> like, where are you? What do you want to do exactly? And, and he also said, and this was very important. He also said, um, just so you know, you know, once you contact us, uh, if, if you leave with the help of the foundation, you are going to get declared. We don't just, you know, we don't do this like covert thing of helping you leave and then you somehow stay in Scientology. You're like, you're connected. You're going to be connected with us, mm-hmm. you know, so you're going to get declared. So if you're prepared to deal with that, then fine. And we'll help you. But if you don't want to, and you just want to leave the seer, but you don't want to leave Scientology, then this isn't for you. Which was actually a great thing to say because it wasn't because I kind of expected them to be like jumping on it and be like, okay, where are you? Like mm-hmm. kind of like trying to like get me to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that at all. Right. And I was very surprised. I'm like, hmm, okay. This Interesting. This doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. And um, so I was kind of like thinking about that for a little while more and I didn't answer for like a while. And then I was like, okay, so who do I want to, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Right. Like, I didn't know it was Aaron. Oh yeah. He wasn't no, signing. Yeah, no, his he name wasn't yet. signing. In. Okay. And, and just to, just to feed on what you were just saying, just to, just to kind of, I want to comment on that a little bit is, is yeah, the aftermath foundation is not an intervention right. organization. That's not what they're doing. It's a support and it's support for people who want support. So you got it. And it's donations it. from people all over the world. It's yeah. it's, it's amazing. You yeah. know, like the amount of people that donate. It's it's really awesome. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And so please keep going, guys. Exactly. Because <laughs> this is what happens, right? But it is it, it is. It's it's a support thing. It's not an intervention thing. And that is a very important distinction. Yeah. 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 And that was very important for me too. So so then um so then I find, so, so then I was trying to decide like, who do I want to talk to? So you can, if you go on the, on the website for the Aftermath Foundation, you can see the members, you can see who's in it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I know Aaron from his videos. I know who Mike Render is. I don't know Ray Jeffrey, but I know who he is. Um, I sort of know Christy. I don't know Mark and Claire, but they're from gold. Okay, fine. And then if you go, if you go on the, the Stand League website, right? Uh-huh. You can see all the, the wonderful Scientology data about these people. <laughs> yep. All the, all the, uh, the, the, uh, well, I guess we'll call it black PR. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of like still like scared of Mike Render. So I'm like, I'm not going to talk to Mike Render. And I didn't really know the rest. And I'm like, okay, Christy's with Mike. And I'm just like, no. Actually, I, I, I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause you're on the fence. You're, you're still like one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. So how did you now, now having seen OT levels, seeing behind the curtain to a great degree, uh, oh, had you yet been exposed to any of the personal information about L. Ron Hubbard and his life? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So you knew just there from were like some of the videos you, you did and, okay. but I was more interested in the stories of people that left. Yeah. I was interested in all those stories. So that's what yeah. I looked for the most. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So when you see the Stand League stuff, 
you know who's producing that. Yeah, you yeah. literally oh, know yeah. the people yeah. who are doing that, right? Yeah. And how much credence were you giving that information at this point? Because oh, it sounds not, like there was still I, some. No, I wasn't. No, I was looking at that because I was trying to, I was actually just trying to get more information about the people that were in the Aftermath Foundation because I already knew a little bit about each person. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't really know Mike personally, but I knew of him. I sort of knew Christy. Um, I didn't know Aaron at all previously mm -hmm. and i'm just like okay who do i want to who do i want to talk to type thing mm -hmm. so then i looked up <laughs> and i had heard i'd I'd heard a lot of interviews um that mark did and then i heard clara's story and i was like okay mm. and i checked out the stuff on, on the stand league and as soon as i as soon as i found the stuff on the stand league where they talk <laughs> they talk about mark's <laughs> financial irregularities and i'm like that's probably bullshit <laughs> i'm like that's bullshit right there that's probably blown way out of proportion yeah and that's probably bullshit. You know what? Actually, I think I want to talk to Mark. And, and so I wrote back. I wrote back to the the to Aaron on the on the email, right? Still didn't know I was talking to him. And I was like, okay, I'd like to talk to Mark Headley. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. He's Mark. Mark said he'll talk to you. You can call him or text him first, actually. Mm -hmm. And he gave me his number, right? And then I was like, okay. So then I was out the next day. Um, I was out doing promo the next day. <laughs> for the whole day and I texted him and I didn't really introduce myself. I didn't say like who I was or where I was or anything. I just like started talking to him and it turns out. So while I was talking, so I got this story later, right? It was very funny. So while I was texting with him, he was, he, my, somehow my ID on, on the text was, had my Scientology email in it. So it said Catherine O at Scientology.net or whatever, right? And I didn't know that because you can't see that on, on the iMessage thing on the iPod. It doesn't show you that mm. unless you specifically go into settings and whatever. I didn't know that it showed that, right? So then he was um, he was online and he was trying to figure out who I was the whole time I was texting him when I hadn't told him who I was or where I was or anything. So then he found um, that um, there was this letter that Mark Bunker had read um, from my mom. He mm -hmm. read it at this at this get-together of of all these people. And Mark was there when he read that letter. So then he, he figured out who I was. It was very funny. He figured out who I was within like a couple minutes. And I didn't wow. know this. Right. And, and, and he figured out that I was in, somehow he figured out I was in Columbus or I was in Ohio. Cause then he mentioned something about Ohio in the, uh, in while we were texting, I was like, you know, I'm in Ohio. This is weird. And I don't remember. I don't remember how he figured out I was in Ohio now. Interesting. <laughs> but he figured it out. It's like <laughs> I wonder if there was an IP address or something he was looking something. up or something. I don't how know. Interesting. Mark. I don't know. But he's also a very smart tech yeah, he's guy. A, he's you know? a tech savvy guy. He, yeah. yeah he is. So, so then he found that out, and then he started. He kind of like dropped a couple hints, and then he said something about my mom, and I'm like, okay, this is getting really weird. Like, how do you how do you know my mom? And he's like, oh, I just looked up this this video, and he told me. I, I think he told me at that time and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Columbus or whatever. And then I texted with him a bit more and then, and then I called him and I talked to him for like an hour yeah. and he said, I mean, the first thing he said was, was, um, we can basically help you like whatever you need, we can, we can help you with like, do you know when you want to leave? Do you know where you want to go? If you need a plane ticket, if you need somebody to pick you up, if you need a phone, whatever, we can help you. And yeah. whenever, like whenever is up to you. And he's like, when do you think you want to go? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like a month or something. 
Yeah. Why do you want to wait a month? <laughs> I don't know because I was freaked out. I was totally freaked out. Sure, sure, sure. And so I was like, okay, maybe in a month. He's like, okay, so like, do you know where you want to go? I'm like, I have no idea where I want to go. I don't know where I want to go. I don't want to go with any family yet. I'm not ready for that. I don't know. So then we kind of left with like, okay, you know, you know, figure out what you want and then let us know. And right. so then I left and I, you know, went back to the Oregon and went. And then it was, it was a Sunday. So we actually had our CSP in the evening. And so I was on La- CSP. Well, that's laundry time for <laughs> yeah, a- laundry in English. Time, right? In English. That's, and, that's um, when they do laundry and, and maybe some personal shopping. Hmm. By the way, I just got to interject real fast for anybody out there who's wondering about why Mark was like so Johnny on the spot with tracking her down is because it's not a stalker thing. It's a protection thing. The aftermath is contacted by Scientology who tries to screw with them. Yeah. So Mark needs to establish who he's talking to for the safety of the aftermath, not because. Yeah, because they get bullshit all the time. All the time. So. Or I'm sure they get people saying, oh, I'm in Scientology and I need $30,000 to get out. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They need. They need to make sure yeah. who they're talking to. Yeah. So. Exactly. I, I know that's obvious for a lot of you, but maybe perhaps some of you are wondering about that. So I thought I'd throw that on the table. So. So then I was at the apartments, and then I I I was checking my email because I think I gave him. Yeah, I gave him my email or I emailed him or something. Or no, the Aftermath Foundation already had my email because I had written to him. Sorry. So then I get an email from Aaron, right? And like introducing himself and saying, just so you know, you know, I was the one answering the emails and, and hello. <laughs> and then, and then he says, you know, we were thinking that maybe we should just send you like someplace to chill out for a couple of weeks while you figure out where you want to go. You can go to like a resort or something. I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I was like... Oh, that sounds so nice. Oh my God, that sounds so great. So then we we're kind of like tossing that back and forth. And he's like, well, when when do you want to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I told I told Mark a month. And he's like, okay. And then, and then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I can go this week. And then I, I just, I hadn't made up my mind yet what I was doing, right? Yep. So then the next day, um, <clears throat> okay. So during this time, I was, I was going in session almost daily. You were. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was Were you going in, in session? I on? was going in session on, and this is going to be, no one's going to understand this except the Scientologist, but I was going in session on quad grade two. Okay. So the, the, the hilarity here is that um, grade two on the Scientology grade chart, right? You got five, four or five grades there. Grade two deals with overts and withholds, <laughs> moral transgressions, in other words. So here she is. In real life, committing moral transgressions on a daily basis, contacting SPs and coordinating with them (laughs) while going in session. Oh, your auditor is just so busted right now. (laughs) I know. I know. I I really felt bad for her. Yeah. That was one of the, that was one of the, the, the things where I had, I had trouble going because I was like, I really felt bad for her. Yeah. I know it sucks. It sucks. But But maybe she'll realize she should get out. Yeah. The e-meter doesn't work doesn't work it doesn't no as proven by the fact that i would yeah and the other thing is that is that to me in my head i was like this is not an overt i'm trying to like handle my life and like have a happy life this is not an overt this is not gonna read as an overt and it and it never did and nothing came up nothing came up i actually kind of enjoyed the auditing it was kind of fun Uh and um it just did not come up, right? So then, okay, so I go to the org the next day. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do and blah, blah, blah. So then I think by Tuesday, um, what had happened was, 
So I was going a session and, and the way I was doing it was, it was student auditing that one of the HCO staff members who was already tech trained was doing her next level. And so student auditing. So we were oh, doing okay. it in the course room, right? Got it. And, um, and so the supervisor <laughs> had to go to quarantine. <laughs> so I wasn't going, so I wasn't going to go in session until the next week. Right? right. And so I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This did, is perfect. Did they have to close the course room? No, they just, I think they had someone else come in and supervise the public or whatever. Got it. But, but, we, it, but you didn't yeah. have a supervisor. Yeah, we didn't have a Got supervisor it. for the time we needed it. So I was like, this is perfect because then I'm not going to go in session until next week. Because I hadn't gone in session since I talked to Mark. I hadn't gone in session because I was getting to the point where, okay, I'm not going to be able to live a double life for very much longer. It's just, it's it's not going to work. Something's going to go awry, right? So then he goes to quarantine and... It's like, okay, well, you're not going to go in session until next week because he's going to be out until next week. So I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And then I was thinking, oh, I'm actually going to probably go to the university on Friday. Okay, I can actually leave on a Friday. Mm -hmm. So I think by like Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, I had told Aaron that I could leave by Friday. <clears throat> and they were like, okay. So I had already um, – I was out because I was out all the time doing promo and book sales and whatever – I would come back to the apartments when nobody was there and I would change and go to the org and whatever. Right. So I had a little bit of time in there where I would just, I just started packing <laughs> very discreetly. Cause I had a suitcase in my closet and you know, you couldn't tell that I was packing cause it was just a suitcase sitting in my closet. Right. So I did a little bit of that and, and got all my stuff in order or whatever, as much as I could. And then by, um, by Thursday, yeah, Thursday, um, Claire sent me the boarding pass for my flight because ah. I told them like the time, okay, I'll be at the university at this time and then I should get on a plane. Oh, sorry. Previous to that, we were trying to figure out where I was, where I was going to go. Right. Yeah. So, um, Aaron was like, well, do you like, do you like the mountains or do you like the beach better? I'm like mountains. <laughs> so <laughs> here I am, right? Right. <laughs> right next to the mountains. That's, the, that's how the questions work. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be in Florida yeah, right now. Right? Yep. I was like, yep. no, I don't want to go to Florida. I don't want to be anywhere near flag. That just feels weird. And uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Yep. And so I was like, okay, well, you can go to go to Castle Rock with, with Mark and Claire, right? And be near them. And I'm like, yeah, that feels better, actually, than going down to Florida. So um, so then they got me a plane ticket, and Claire sent me the boarding pass on Thursday. I was like, oh, my God, I got this thing. This is and I was just like freaking out. I'm like, whoa. And then they got a volunteer. One of the volunteers for the Aftermath Foundation who was in Columbus um, agreed to pick me up and take me to the airport, right? So then Thursday night, <laughs> Thursday night, I get told by my auditor, oh, guess what? We can go in session tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. And I was like, oh, Oh my god! I can't. I can't do this. I'm like about to get on a plane right after I do that. I'm like, no, this is something's gonna go wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna red tag or something and have to stay, and I'm gonna miss my flight. And I'm just like, oh no, I can't do it. So I was like, so I think I was texting with Claire at one point. She's like, well, just you know, of course, say you're insatiable. I'm like, yeah, right. so that's what I'm gonna that's do. Exactly but but it was just thinking. a freak out at first. I was like, oh, good. Exactly. See, one thing, <laughs> one of the one of the ways you can get out of this here is right is is when you go into a session in Scientology, you're supposed to be well-rested and well-fed. These are requirements, right? And so if you were to say, oh, God, I just got three hours sleep last night. I was tossing and turning. Just, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, 
it, you could legitimately get out of having yeah. to go in session by doing something like that. Is is that what you did? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you can do. You can yeah. you can't really do that with an ethics interview. I mean, these yeah. days actually they try to make sure you're more sociable for an ethics interview because I think people have gone like nuts in them or something. It's like mm -hmm. you haven't slept. Oh yeah, well it's not auditing, and then they just right. It's horrible. Anyway, yeah. police interrogation on steroids. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what these things are actually yeah, exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that's Thursday night. So then um, in the meantime, I had gotten, um, I had, I had my phone back at that point, but it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't have any service. But what I did is I <clears throat> got the plan reactivated and I got it set up with a hotspot so that I could use my iPod for a phone. So I've, I essentially had a phone for a few days, right? And um, so, um, yeah, Thursday night. So then <clears throat> Thursday night, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep and or no, I went to sleep at like one and I woke up at like four because mm -hmm. I was so wound up. I was like, and I can go back to sleep. Yeah. Right? So then I went into the org and I'm like, and I told my daughter, I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I woke up at like 4am and I don't know why, because I didn't really know why I woke up at 4am, which was true. It was like <laughs> nervous stomach, acceptable maybe. truth, uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> Except that, actually, just to segue for a minute, that was one of the last policies that i read where I, I was like no this is this is just bullshit the one on like acceptable truth i'm yep. like and that was after i had like listened to like these interviews and stuff i'm like no i this isn't okay anymore right so so then i told her that and she was like oh my god she was so mad because i was i was like about to finish like i had like one more session until i was gonna be done right i was nah, basically she was done gonna graduate her course yeah exactly so then we didn't go in session so then i went to the university um before that, I had, I had, as soon as I got to the org, I kind of freaked out and I took the SIM card out and I hid the SIM card and I hid like everything. So I was like, oh my God, I, I just have this feeling that someone's going to be like, see me with it and be like, well, what are you doing? And take it away or something, right? And so nobody heard from me. Claire didn't hear from me. Um, my friend didn't hear from me. Nobody heard from me for like a couple hours and they were just like freaking out because I was supposed to get on a plane and it, like this after, like that afternoon. And they're like, oh no, she got busted. Oh my God, they're freaking out, right? So then, um, so then I go to the university. My senior takes me to the university and drops me off. That was the last time I saw her. Actually, I felt bad, I felt bad for her too. I'm sure she got in a lot of trouble. She was actually a really sweet person. She actually cared and didn't like just rip people for no reason. You know what I mean? Like oh, she was totally. actually she was actually great. She's one of the best seniors I've had. Um, so then I went to the university and put my sim card back in the phone and and then i um i called aaron and told him where i was and what was happening and then he had this volunteer come pick me up um and she she was really nice she was like she like gave me like 50 dollars in cash she's like just in case you want to get something to eat or something i was like you know like, no no take it before i left right so then she took me to um the apartments because i was like i'm gonna grab my shit i'm not gonna go with like my purse and like i i want some of my stuff so I went to the apartments and I packed within like half an hour or something. And, and I was, I actually had Aaron on the phone the whole time. I'm like, I need to talk to somebody while I'm doing this. <laughs> so Aaron was on the phone with me the whole time. And, um, as I packed and I had like, I don't know, three or four bags or something. And she just, she would take them and put them in the car. So it's like, I wasn't like going to the car with suitcases, which would look really bad because at the time, um, there was there was a fair amount of people in quarantine um and the the somebody from the cope officer in hco was on leave in the uk the inr was in quarantine the dsa was 
was in quarantine. And I was like, wow, this is like perfect timing. All these people are in quarantine, right? And I didn't even like purposely think of that. But then I thought of it later. I'm like, wow, that was really actually pretty good. Um, so then she took all my bags to the car and then, and then we left. And then all, as we're like <laughs> pulling out of the parking lot, there was two Sea members that were coming down the street towards us, people I knew, right? And they didn't even, I mean, they didn't even look twice at the car because it's, you know, it's an apartment. People yep. live there and come and go all the time. And that was the last I saw of anybody. So then she took me to the airport and I waited around for a little while. Then I, right before, right before the plane took off and right before they're like, turn off your devices and whatever, right? Um, I, I got a call from the guy who's supposed to pick me up from the university for the day, right? And he was calling and I hung up right away. And then I texted him and I said, basically, um, just so you know, I'm leaving. And I think I said, I'm going with family. I just made something up. I'm, I'm, go I'm going with family, not my mom. <laughs> I think I said something like that because I was, I didn't know what to say. And this is totally my decision. And then I said, please tell Angela, I'm really sorry. And she's a great person. Angela was my senior. And, and then I, I deleted my, my, uh, my account. It was like this text now thing you can use on a, on a device. Right. So I deleted it and I made a new account. I'm like, I don't want to hear from anybody. I can't, uh, this is too much. And then made a new one. And then I told everybody I was on the plane and, and then we went, um, I went to Denver and Claire picked me up. So that was the first time I met her. <laughs> she gave me a big hug. I was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. I felt, oh my God. I felt like I was like. I was like in shock, right? I bet you were. And total stranger, strange <laughs> yeah, total stranger that I've I've only talked to via text that I know very little about, and I just decided to like I'm just gonna go for it and trust these people, right? Wow. So then she took me. She actually booked a hotel for me in Castle Rock because I was like, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if I want to stay with people I don't know yet. She's just like, it's fine. We booked a hotel, and so I stayed in a hotel. Um, I mean, we, I, oh, this is the other thing. We went to get something to eat, right? And while we were eating, um, I got this call. I got a call from Aaron and then I got a call from my friend. And they had both received phone calls from the org. So somebody in that time had somehow gotten his number. I think, I think what happened was because, okay, so there was a way in the org that you could actually text from the computer, right? You could get on the internet and there was different programs you could do. And I had specifically, you know, deleted my account, deleted the whole thing, deleted my password. So there was no, like, nobody, I didn't think anyone could access it. But somebody, somehow somebody figured out something and accessed it because they got both Aaron's number and they got my friend's number. And those are the only two people that I texted from that account. So I was like, okay, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. But I actually needed it sometimes when I was in the org. So, um... So then my friend gets a call from Columbus, right? He doesn't answer it because he, he looks, he's like, this is a Columbus number. He's like, she's not in Columbus. She, nobody should be calling me from Columbus. I'm not answering this. He didn't, he doesn't answer. Smart. And then Aaron gets a call and they say, is this blah? Because they think that they're calling my friend. And they're calling Aaron. <laughs> yeah, they're calling Aaron. <laughs> Somebody from columbus staff is calling this like major sp right I'm, yeah. I'm like i'm sure when osa found that out they're like oh my god like what are you doing because they didn't know who they were calling well, right yeah, yeah i didn't do yeah. it on purpose yeah exactly did, and aaron, did aaron pick up <laughs> oh yeah aaron picked up and they're like is this is this blah blah he's like he's like no and i think he said no this is aaron 
and then and then it's like who's this and i was like oh this is this is this is michael from columbus michael is the husband of the inr mm. and they were both in quarantine and so i figure that and he used to be in in senior hco in in, in east us in the clo in east us so he was used to like handling these type of things and whatever so he was trying to call me so he's like oh this is michael from columbus and then i think he just hung up or he's like okay this isn't who i was looking for so that was that the conversation ended at that point yeah those were the only two phone calls that we got <laughs> nobody else called and then i got i got an email from angela and she was like i'm really worried about you i know you want to handle your family and i just want to make sure everything's okay please call me and i was like i'm not gonna call her and then i got i think i got a text from one of my roommates was like um hi what's happening type thing and i didn't answer her i didn't answer anything but those are the only two <laughs> those are the only two communications i got hmm. i didn't get I didn't get anything else. Hmm. So I'm like, so I either figure, okay, they found out the Aftermath Foundation was involved and they're like, nope, we're not touching that. Well, the calling Aaron would have definitely yeah. been two and two would yeah, have gotten exactly. put together pretty quick. Exactly. So they're probably like, oh, we're not touching that. And then if they found out where I was, it's like, okay, I'm not right next to Mark and Claire Headley. <laughs> they're like, well, I'm not touching have, that either. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they would have had to use spycraft to figure out where you've gone. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not something they would have had access to easily so well no they, How can, interesting. they, they have access to see who they have access to flights they can they can see any flight they want because they have access to travel reservation any flight yep, in the US. The, yep. Mm -hmm. they have a travel reservations computer inside the hgb inside external com they can look up any flight so if they have someone's name they they can just as far as i know they can just look up the flight and they can see oh yeah that's that's where you went how does a how does a private entity have that kind of access? I don't know how they got it. I don't wow. know how I don't know how they did that, but I know that they have it. Yeah. I know for a fact because they can print airline tickets. Okay. They can give you the, the ticket just right there in the in, in external comm in the ILO. How interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> so because it used to be that they would have a line to a Scientologist who was a travel agent. And yeah, they no. would have those people look that information up. Yeah. I'm talking about back in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. So clearly they've upped their game on this. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of scary to me, actually, that they have that kind of access. Yeah, they, but can, they can see. How interesting. Yeah. So I'm sure they figured out where really fast mm -hmm. where I'd gone and put two and two together. I was like, oh, Denver? Oh, well, we know where she's going. Wow. So she's either going to hang out with, with Chris Shelton or to go with the Headleys. <laughs> pretty much how it works out here yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and i'm not with the aftermath foundation so odds are they're not coming to me <laughs> right yeah so then so then i stayed in a hotel um for a few days and then i was and then and then mark and claire were like well you know you could stay with us stay in our guest room you can save some money you know i'm not spending like the foundation is covering everything at this point but it's like it's a matter of where do you want to spend the money like do you want to allocate it to a hotel or do you want to save it for something else and it's smarter to save it for something else and they have a great guest room so so yeah so i stayed in their guest room for a few days and i called my um i think like two days after i was out oh well, the day after i was out i got a phone of course i got it that's like, your own phone i'm yeah. getting my own phone it was great it was like the best thing so um so then the next day i called my grandmother and i told her i was out and she was like oh my god she was like so happy right she was like shocked but she was really happy and then we were talking and, and, um, and she's like, so your, uh, your cousin's getting married this weekend. I really wish you could come. And I'm like, 
yeah, I'm not really ready for that yet. She was like, oh, okay, I understand. And I'm, I'm really, really glad you're out. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. And, um, and then I was talking to Claire and Claire's like, why don't you go? You can go. Just, just go. I'll get you a plane ticket. You should go. I'm like, okay. I'm not used to this. <laughs> I can just go you wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. I can just go wherever I want. Yeah. So then uh, a few days later, I flew up, I flew up to Minnesota. I saw all my family that I haven't seen in years and years. Like my, my one, like one of my cousins I haven't seen since she was six years old. Oh, <laughs> and wow. now she's like married and has her own farm and has two wonderful kids and a really great family. And I stayed with them. Mm. Um, I stayed with my uncle a little bit. I met all my, I saw all my family cause like everyone came to the wedding. Did you see your mom? No, I didn't see my mom yet. So okay. <clears throat> she wasn't in Minnesota. She did, she didn't okay. come. Um, so Has then, she yet heard, she had heard, I sent her an email. Um, just cause I wasn't, it was, I was so in shock from everything and just, it was a little bit overwhelming. I wasn't ready to talk yet. So I sent her an email and I think I friended my sister on Facebook or something. And, and my sister was like, who's this? Cause I, I has like a weird, I have a weird Facebook handle. Right. So, um, so then she emailed, emailed me back and we had a, a bit of an exchange with that. Right. And then, um, so I was up, I stayed in Minnesota for a couple of weeks, actually I stayed for all of June Oh, wow. And part of July, just because I was, because Claire was like, I'll just get you one way to get, just tell me when you want to come back or tell me where you want to go. Or if you, well, I had to come back because my stuff was still in Castle Rock. She's like, just tell me when you want to come back. You can come back anytime. You can stay as long as you want. I'm like, oh, cool. So I just stayed, I hung out there with family, saw everybody, just did did a bunch of shit, like rode horses, just did tons tons of stuff, went on a, went on motorcycle rides with my uncle. (laughs) It was great. So then, um. And the t- and that during this time you were there, were there any indications Scientology was trying to? No, no, nothing. Okay, nothing, and no one has tried to contact me this entire time. Got it. And now Got they it. probably really won't try to contact me. Oh no, me. I, and, no. <laughs> and I can see why they might now be more a lot more hands off. Oh, we lost them; they're gone. Yeah. And they don't do the whole security blow drill thing. Yeah. I also think there may have been a bit of a, a of a thing because my mom was declared and. She she made a bunch of noise at one point, and so yeah. it, it may have been just Osa may have been like, well, if she goes, she goes type yeah. thing. Like yeah. we don't care, you know. Yeah, totally. she's only she's only been working here for for twenty seven years and gave like you know a quarter of her life. Well, just just let her go. <laughs> yeah, I was like not impressed. Not that I want people to to chase me, but I'm just like really just nothing. Nobody gives a fuck. I'm like okay, all right, fine. I'll just. That's exactly. I'll make new friends. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I totally I was, get it. Yeah, totally get it. It's a it's a real eye opener uh, because it really shows you you know that loyalty is a one way street in Scientology. Yeah. and and care and compassion is a one way street. You are expected to give everything. Yeah, and they give you nothing back. Yeah, and if and you decide you're not going to be, gonna be yeah, and if you decide you're not going to be there anymore, well, then you're not my friend. That's right. You're not my friend anymore. Right. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I stayed in Minnesota for a few weeks, and then um, um, my mom's birthday was coming up mm-hmm. in uh, towards the end of July. So, and and I hadn't done anything. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. What I wanted to. Say. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So it was like three days before her birthday, and then I'm just like, and then I think I was talking to Claire. And I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I should go and see her. Or maybe I should surprise her on her birthday. That might be kind of cool. 
or Claire may have even suggested it. I don't, I don't remember, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go in the next couple days. I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to show up. And yeah. so I told my sister, um, I texted my sister and told her I wanted to surprise my mom. And she was like, oh my God. So I'm like, yeah, you have to pick me up and stuff. So then I, I hung out with some family some more, you know, saw my grandmother one, one last time, saw everybody again. And, and then I flew to Portland on my mom's birthday. Um, my sister picked me up, stopped and got like, you know, little flowers and cake and stuff for my mom. And then we went, to, we went to her apartment and surprised her. Um, and it was great. Now at she this was, point, she knew you were out. She knew I was out. But she didn't know you were coming. Yeah, she, she didn't know I was coming. So yeah, that was oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Oh, nice. It was great. We actually videoed it. We videoed Aww. it, and I sent it to I sent it to Claire so she could share it with the foundation Aww. so everybody could see it. Yeah, it was Aww. it was. <laughs> I mean, what a soft, wonderful landing you got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, really, I mean, that's that really makes my heart warm because, um. Well, you know, because some of us had a little bit of a harsher experience. Yeah, with yeah, it, I've heard know? the stories. And I've heard the those, you know, Claire story of of you know at a bus station yeah. refusing to to leave with people and just like, I yep. just, oh my god. And yeah. I've seen things happen over the years, and people get recovered. I'm just like, oh, I wonder how they got recovered. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'll bet you it's did. Just, it's it's not good. It's very it's very traumatic. It's already traumatic leaving. Yep. Um, because it's so it's just a shock. It's like very different yeah so then i stayed in um i stayed in minnesota for a couple weeks we hung out we talked we went to various like really nice places we went like me and my sister and her husband went up the coast i got to meet my sister's husband that she's been married to since 2015 that i didn't even know great guy by the way really really good guy and hung out with her we did various things and hung out with my mom and 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 her partner and it was it was just great and i was there for two weeks and then I went back to Castle Rock and then we got, we got things rolling. Like, um, I started like, you know, I, I went to get my, my driving, I did my driving test. I could do my permit, get my permit, practice driving. Claire helped me. Claire like is amazing by the way, just in case nobody knows. <laughs> She's totally amazing. <laughs> she, she, she just like, like handled everything. Like she scheduled all my, all my appointments. She's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Cause I didn't have a clue. Like, okay, what do I do first type thing? You know, I need to get my license. I need to get an apartment. I need to get all this stuff, right? I didn't yeah. have hardly any clothes. I was like, <laughs> went clothes shopping. That was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Go and buy some clothes you can actually wear more than like twice a year, right? <laughs> yep. Exactly. And then um, she Building taught up a life. Yeah. And then she taught me how to drive. I went to driving school. Um, I had my license by, I think, uh, end of September or so. I had my license. And, um, I got a job, actually, I got a job in Castle Rock. I was working at the UPS store in Castle Rock, which was actually <laughs> really fun. It was a lot of fun. I get to like talk to people and it was just, it was very chill and it was, it was a lot of fun. And the, the manager was a great guy. Okay. Now people are going to have questions about this. So, um, so let me ask you about this a little bit. Um, what'd you put on your resume? Oh, <laughs> um, actually Claire helped me write the resume mm -hmm. and uh, she, like she wrote in such a way where it's kind of vague and she didn't mm -hmm. put, you know, like Scientology, whatever. She just put like different, like I listed out different things I was, I was trained in and different things I could do. So it was a resume that kind of tracked skills rather yeah. than job history. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. 
and that wasn't even such a big deal. You know, getting a job at UPS was like simple. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a whole like resume thing or anything because it was just like, you know, he hires like high school kids all the time anyway. And it's, it's okay. very, it's a, I mean, it was, it was a lot to it, but it's a very easy to work there. Right. So. Well, this is, no, this is good news and good information yeah. for people, right? Because yeah. it is, it is a matter of, you know, when you, when you, you know, you got, you got this, uh, this wonderful time where you got to have a little bit of a buffer to, yeah. to get your feet on the ground. But once you get down into it of, you know, shelter, transport, food, yeah. you get your basics covered, right? Yeah. Um, this is a common problem and question that people have oh, yeah. coming out of these situations yeah. is you have, you know, the aftermath is great because it puts a support network immediately in place for you. Yeah. Uh, my support network was my family, right? Because I still, I was, I was falling back on that. Yeah. Some people do, some people can't. So, um, but it's not impossible to get yourself settled and get a job even with all this culty crap in experience and job history of 30 you know 28 years or whatever you fit right in and, and you got going yeah and uh and i want people to really i want to highlight that because it's because there is people can do that you know it's it's not impossible at all to get settled totally <laughs> you know totally yeah yeah and the other thing, the other thing that's interesting is, is during all of this, I'm, I'm of course trying to still like sort out my own head. Like I felt very <laughs> weird for a long time. I felt really weird because it's like, you don't know how to introduce, oh, you don't know how to introduce yourself. Okay. What have you been doing or what do you do? And you know, just normal conversation. Yep. And it's kind of hard to say, well, I've been stuck in Scientology for 28 years. How about you? You know, yep. <laughs> it's like, do you have kids? Nope. <laughs> Are you married? Nope. <laughs> just it's just like you feel really weird. So actually, um, and actually you feel like you feel very disappointed in the fact that you thought you were like giving like so much to this organization and you're gonna get so much back and it was so worth it. And then you get out in the real world and you find out that there's actually a world that's actually a nice world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Despite all of its problems and yes. whatever. It's a really nice place and there's nice people and, you know, the SPs are not what you think at all, at all. And I'm sure there's crazy people out there, but I haven't met any specifically yet. So, yep. no, it's not yeah. the uh, insaneville that they, you know, preach it totally. is. And yeah. also I noticed you're not flipping burgers at McDonald's. No, I'm so. not flipping burgers. <laughs> And actually, that 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 may have been kind of fun. I wouldn't. <laughs> well, it is it is its own level of fun, yeah. but um, you know, it gets a little tiring. Yeah. But I just but that is the classic Miscavige Sea Org line is you know if you leave, you are going to be a failure. You're going to be somebody flipping burgers at McDonald's. You're yeah. gonna be a janitor somewhere. It's a very cynical, depressed sort of you know you dare not leave because. All these horrible things are yeah, going to happen to you. Yeah, you're just going to have you. a pointless life with yeah. no purpose. You're going to have no purpose in your life. I'm like, hi, I actually have a lot of purpose in my life. A lot more than I have in the, the 28 years I was there. And I can, actually, I can actually like follow my purpose line now instead of being like squashed all the time That's right. on what you want to do. That's right. Um, yeah. So then, um, yeah. So I worked there for a little bit. I worked there until about January Oh, I, what I was going to say is, is during this time trying to like sort out my own head and stuff. I read a lot of books. Like I read your book, 
I read John Atak's book, which is fabulous, by the way. And he's he's very good. I listened to all his videos. I hope he sees this because he's he's really, really good. I actually friended him on Facebook and I think he's I'll, great. I'll let him know. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, I watch his stuff all the time. Like every month it comes out. I'm like, oh, John's got a new video out. Um, and then um, I read um, Jeff Hawkins' books. Actually, the Closing Minds book was yep. the best. I highly, highly recommend that. And I told him that too. Yeah. Is that it really helps because the, the ethics technology is a... A huge part of Scientology, huge part of the Sea Org. Yep. And to try to and to sort that out in your own head is very important. I actually read the book twice because I was like, this is so good. I just, it, it's actually, it's great. It helps you a lot. Because um, you stop thinking of yourself as like this, you know, messed up, out ethics, criminal, because you left Scientology. You stop right. thinking of yourself like that. That's right. Since all the ethics conditions lead back to stay in Scientology, go up the bridge, you know, give your whole life. It doesn't lead, it doesn't lead back to like, okay, how, what, what do you need to do in your life to actually be a happy person? That's right. That's right. It's, it's impossible in a Scientology context or culture to do those Scientology procedures, which are supposed to, these formulas we're referring to, are supposed to be steps you can take to improve your life. It's impossible to do those things without reinforcing Scientology in your life and keep coming back to it and back to it and back yeah. to it as you're as you're pointing yeah. out here. Yeah. So it's yeah, Jeff's deconstruction of that yeah. is is quite good. Yeah. yeah, and actually the first the very first book I read was Steve Hassan's book, The Combating Combating Cult Mind Control. Cult Mind, Mind Control. Yeah, I actually too. listened to that on audiobook. I was just like flat out listening to it. That was the first one I read too. Yeah. yeah I was up good. in when I was up in Minnesota, I was listening to that. Aaron recommended that, which was great. And it, because it, it really helps. It mm -hmm. helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was one of the key things for me. Um, so then. Did the examples that Hassan gives from other groups help clarify your situation? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of, I found out there's a lot of similarities to other, other groups. Like, 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 what is it? Jehovah Witnesses, the, the whole Moonies thing. I was just like, wow. And I know what the, I never knew what the Unification Church was before. I would see stuff sometimes. I'm like, what the heck is a Unification Church? Yeah. And now you know. And it's just like, wow. I started listening to this one interview you did with this girl mm -hmm. about the Moonies, which is, Jen yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they are, they are, uh, you know, I didn't know all that before interviewing her about, about the extensiveness of the labor trafficking that the Moonies engage in. And it's, it's really on par with Scientology yeah. is actually even more so in, in destructive and just straight up blatant abuse, yeah. you know, yeah, especially of, of, uh, of kids totally. really bad. The Moonies are, are, are awful, yeah. you know, anyway, sorry, got on a tangent there, but <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I was doing quite a bit of that. Um, and of course I was, you know, I, I spoke to my, my mom quite extensively, got her, you know, her whole side of the story and what happened earlier told her about what happened to me and we're i mean we're still hashing that out quite a bit which yeah. is good. It's, good it's actually yeah. really good and i've talked to a lot of people i've talked to claire extensively i've talked to mark um and it's, it's just been great and i've I, and of course i've talked to my friend a lot because he's extremely supportive and um so then i worked at i worked at ups until about january um which was really fun and then um actually i started working at amazon which is actually really good. And I recommend that too for anybody who's like coming out and needs a job right away. It's, it's, it's very, very easy yeah. to get a job at Amazon. It's not like you need like work experience or like, you know, you just have to be, you have to be willing to work and you have to be willing mm -hmm. to keep the schedule. 
and it's great. It's like, it's, it's, it's so funny, like comparing like, like their, their structure to like <laughs> Scientology org. I mean, it's obviously not trying to do the same thing um, because it's actually trying to like produce a product that people want. <laughs> right? right. But it's, it's very simplified and it's very smart the way they're set up. And it's like, it's like the managers actually give a shit about you and, you know, ask how you're doing. And, and it's actually great. And the work is easy. It's your, your time off is like, you like, like you have, you have a whole app that you manage your time you manage your own time on. If you're like 10 minutes late, then you just like, you can manage your time and be like, take that paid time off from your time that you're allocated. It's like, it, it's, it's actually very good. The benefits are good. You get medical 401k. I have a 401k. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I thought that was so funny because we used to joke about that in the Sea Org. Really? Yeah. We used to joke about it. They'd be like, where's my 401k to our senior or whatever, right? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Because we never joked about retirement. We just joked about how we were making, uh, you know, another day, another dollar seventy-five. Yeah. That was uh, that was the RPF joke. That, that was uh, actually yeah. something that got me thinking while I was while I was still in and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do is what's what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. when I get too old to work. And that was something my friend made the point on too. He was like, what do you do when you can't work anymore? And I'm like, is there some like retirement plan? Or I'm like, no. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to go hang out at the, you know, in the Berlin building or they send them to some like cheaper retirement home or whatever. You know right. what I mean? It's, it's really, is that, it's really not good. That was, those are the two alternatives that I have seen for senior citizens in, in the Sea York. Yeah. Out in the public world, you know, it's family, it's friends, it's, yeah. you know, retirement accounts, it's, it, you know, you just deal with your stuff. But in the Sea Org, I have seen either, yeah, they 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 go to a reduced schedule, yeah, uh, gradually down, down, down until they're really not working much at mm-hmm. all. And then they kind of die off, yeah. right? Or I have seen some Sea Org members um, go out and go to a retirement home. Yeah. Uh, there was, there were like two or three that I saw that with, with my own eyes. And I guess I'm wondering what what was what did you see or or cross that flow that's with basically that? that's basically what I saw those two things. Yeah, those do you know things. what the determining factor is for somebody to go to a retirement home versus? I think it, the determining factor is are they going to be like some like weird problem? Are they getting like mentally? Oh, that's kind of what I think it is because there was one guy who used to be in estates in in the HDB and the ILO who finally went to to a retirement home and it was a bit he was a bit off hmm. like alzheimer's maybe yeah or, maybe uh, yeah or memory issues yeah, or something something yeah something okay like that. i mean that's kind of randomly yeah. happens to people yeah. uh, okay and that was the determining factor to put him into a home versus having him stay on the base where he yeah, might need to that's, be supervised yeah that's just sort of what i observed nobody said that okay to me okay um, but that's kind of what I observed. And then, and then you also had like the, the, if, if somebody got like super, like medically, like really messed up medically, like there was one woman who had, I think she had a stroke and they had, they had this, the, the MLO had, um, set up, she had a couple apartments for people off the base. Um, I think there was like a little, there was a little house that was being rented at one point, whereas like people had like medical issues. Hmm. Um, but really serious medical issues. Like there was a friend of mine who had cancer who mm-hmm. had to live off off the base because they're not going to have her die on the base, right? So she had to live in a, an apartment by herself off the base. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. was stuff like that because of- Can't yeah. have dead bodies turning up on uh, right? on Sea Org bases. Yeah. They really, really hate that. 
Um, did you hear, I mean, just, uh, I'm just wondering if you had heard about um, when they sent all the senior citizens from FLAG to PAC. I heard something that about many, that. Many, many yeah. years ago. They, yeah. they, they did a mass export, everybody out of FLAG. No more well. senior citizens. That's like early 2000s or something. I heard something yeah. about that. I don't yeah. think we ended up with anybody at the ILO. I guess they all went to PAC or something. Or I think they all showed places. up at PAC yeah. and then they were sort of distributed from there. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that happening because we were all like, what? Yeah. And well, they, you know, shore flap or whatever. Yeah, and and I... we were all like, and it wouldn't be here? Yeah. If they die here, yeah, that's right? not a problem. But at flag it is. And, and, you're, and then, of course, you're harshly reminded that flag is its own thing. Yeah. You know, and it always yeah. has and, been. And, and the ship as well. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Can't have any of that going on there either. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. Okay. So, um, good. So, you have settled as far as yeah. work and, you know, uh, transportation. Yeah, and I have and... a four-day work week, which I love. Nice. That's the greatest thing. I get Thursdays off. Thursday is my favorite day now because I can just sleep in on Thursday if I want to. <laughs> so it's been a year now, right? Yeah, it it's actually tomorrow on June 11th. It'll be one year. Okay. Exactly one year because I left on the 11th. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are so many things still ahead of you, I know. Yeah. Because um, I, I, you know, I, I anyway, I, I, whatever. But it took me longer than a year to get over Thursday at 2. I'm sure I'm put it that way now I don't give a shit now yeah. it doesn't even phase me I don't think about it at all but I, it took a couple years yeah. for every, Thursday every Thursday too. I'm like oh I have the day off because Thursday Friday Saturday is my weekend right right so I'm like well I have the day off I can do whatever I want <laughs> this is great exactly <laughs> exactly it's not relying on some bullshit CSW yeah. some bullshit statistics yeah exactly uh, but it's still yeah. it's it's definitely like an ongoing process like i'm 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 still i'm i'm watching videos all the time and i'm reading things all the time because i'm just like trying to sort out my own my own headspace and i made an analogy um to someone where i was like you know it's easy to change your location it's not as easy to change your mind <laughs> changing your exactly. mind takes a little bit longer right. but once you change your location and get out of that environment then it's 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 much easier to change your mind it's hard to change your mind while you're there Big time. Yeah. It's it's probably the most um, the the closest analogy I can offer people that I think everybody could kind of get their wits around if you've ever experienced anything like this is moving to another country. Uh, it's not exactly the same as moving to another city. It's more right when you leave a cult. When you leave a cult situation, you're literally going from one culture, one world, yeah. into another one, and the language changes. Oh yeah. You know, have you Actually, noticed? I didn't have as much trouble with that. Nice. Because I started, I started, um, because when I was in Columbus, I started talking to a lot of brand new people. And mm -hmm. so you automatically adjust your language and stuff. Right. So it's not right. as hard for me. Well, good. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it can sometimes be a bit of an adjustment to purge some concepts. Oh, um, yeah. 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 PTSness. Yeah. Right. Every time you get a sniffle, it's like, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, like I I, 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 I snapped myself in the, in the head with this like metal thing on accident. I was like closing this thing and I snapped myself right here. And I'm just like, oh my God. I was like so upset about it for a few days. I'm like, not consciously like thinking, oh, I did something bad, but kind of like feeling like that. Yeah. And then I, and then when I realized that's what I was feeling, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, no, I need to, I need to stop. I need to stop that. That's not, that's not what happened. It's interesting, isn't it? I was just wrong yeah. place at the wrong time and too much force on something, you know, and you accidentally hurt yourself. Okay. Big deal. It doesn't that's mean right. you're. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because it because some of these things exist at an emotional level, not really at a yeah. at a thought level, right? And so you still feel weird, totally. even though you know, yeah. well, that's not the thing. I, you know, I'm not being suppressed right now. And yet there's still this feeling of, yeah. oh, something's off here. You That's know? why Jeff Hawkins' book was so helpful because he yeah. goes over that. He breaks down the whole ethics book, which is just great. Beautiful. He did a Beautiful. great job on that. Uh, I, You know, the other one I had a hard time getting over was Surfax. Oh, yeah. Just personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. You know, uh, yeah, because in Scientology, there's this whole thing about this mechanism that you have that, that makes you right and other people wrong and you know, you dominate other people and escape domination by using this thing called a service facsimile. And man, it took me years to get over that. Yeah. Just years. Because yeah. it was this very complicated kind of mechanism. It's total horseshit. It has nothing to do with anything in reality <laughs> at all. Yeah. But it's just some of these concepts are just so slow to die in your head, you know. Um, so anything else in terms of what you have found helpful? You've been reading a lot talking to people, any other factors to your recovery um, process so far? Reading or listening to other people's stories. Like, oh, I also read um, Amy Scobie's book, which was oh, great. Yeah. That was a really good one. But like understanding other people's stories and understanding like, like, um, like the viewpoint of people who are outside of Scientology, what they actually think of it. Yeah. And really understanding that instead of just being like, oh, they have black PR. You know, oh, they just had black PR, you know, because yeah. you, you run into that all the time in, in book selling and doing promo and stuff and be yeah. like, no, I'm not interested. Or people would be like nasty or whatever. And you're just like, oh, they must have gotten black PR. No, they must have gotten actually <laughs> what is really going on in Scientology and you don't have a clue. That's and right. they know you don't have a clue and they don't know how else to deal with you other than just say, oh, get away from me, you know. Exactly. So you really have to get both viewpoints and that's what Scientology won't let you do. It won't let you get anyone else's viewpoint mm -hmm. because if it's bad, then they're an SP and anyway, it's just, it's so complicated. And so like everything's geared towards Scientology. Good. This bad. People don't like Scientology bad. Scientology good. Like exactly. it's black and white and it's, and it's not like that. It's like, it's like you meet these people, these ex-Scientologists, horrible SPs. They're great people. And they have beautiful families and they're nice and they'll help you. Like the Headleys have helped me so much personally and through the foundation. Yeah. Just like support and friendship and, oh, yeah, come to our party. Oh, yeah, come, you know, come spend Christmas with us. Come spend Thanksgiving with us. I'm just like, I'm part of the family. It's great. Yeah. And they're not nasty people at all. At all. Not at all. Mm -mm. Can attest. Yeah. That's right. Right. Testify. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Hi, Osa. Come on out. Yeah, right. It's all good. Yeah. Water's warm out here. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people are in this situation where their entire family is in. Like I made the example with Angela, who's my senior. Her whole family, all her husband's family, they're all Scientologists. And yeah. it's like, I can't imagine if she left and she's so close to her family. It'd just be, it would just be devastating for her. Like it'd be impossible. It would just I don't know how she would do it. Yeah, exactly. Which is just sad because it, you should be able to, if you're in a religion, you should be able to leave that religion and still talk to people that are in it. You think? Like, why not? Right. Why not? Exactly. And they're going to have to, they're going to have to change that or it's just going to, it's going to die out. It's going to, too many people are going to say, nope, not doing that. And the problem of course, is that they are faced with the fact that if they dump, dump disconnection, 
they're going to die a slow, painful death oh, anyway, yeah. too, because yeah. then people will be able to deliver the truth to exactly. the people inside. Exactly. And then people and will be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. That's right. And, you know, parents will be able to convince their kids. Um, yeah. Remember your dream of being a doctor or whatever? You can still do that exactly. <laughs> without them being declared or disconnected from their from their That's family, right. from their children, you know. That's right. And and the thing is that they, they could, I mean, with the changes that we've seen, theoretically, they could dump disconnection. And the interesting thing to me about that is that it's, it would be a great move forward for truth and transparency and, and maybe even some accountability. Yeah. And then maybe but maybe a lot of people all... would leave. But but then if they did, you they probably want to leave for years. Just like I wanted to leave for years and I didn't. Right. Okay. So if someone wants to leave anyway, or if they're already like, you know, halfway out or thinking, you know, actually want to be connected to my family, well, then they shouldn't be in there. <laughs> right? Well, no, they you don't understand. They just have leave. MUs and overs. Right. That's, come on. <laughs> yeah. And service vaccines. Yeah, they are. <laughs> come on. They're in the upper 10th of the upper 20th yeah. and they should be there and we need to keep them there and yeah. we need to clear their MUs. It's weird how, how, how in Scientology you, you basically, you think you're better than everyone else, right? Right. It's just amazing. Right. Just, oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's you really have yeah. to get over that. I think I got over that fairly fast. I was just like, no, actually, no, I'm not. I met really good people, and I don't awesome. feel superior. I don't feel superior to people at all. In fact, I feel a little bit inferior because I was stuck there for so long without a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, the funny thing about that whole superiority thing is that it actually does come from that same place. Yeah. You know that you really don't feel superior to everybody, but you got to puff it up, yeah. right? You got to become a puffin or whatever. Right. I, I wish I could say I got over that as quickly, but it took me about two years before I even realized I had an attitude problem. Yeah. Um, but everybody's different. That's the whole exactly. point. And the only other thing I want to I want to put in a plug for again yeah. is is the Aftermath Foundation. Yes. It was fabulous. Like whatever I needed, like whatever I needed, and not only was it was it financial support, it was all the support from from the Headleys, just like getting me a life, like an apartment, you know, my first job, a car. I had a, I, I even got a bike because before I could drive the car, I was riding, I was riding, I got an electric bike. I was riding a bike to work, which was, oh my God, I loved it. Riding a bike in Castle Rock is so, so nice. Yes. I go like every weekend now, <laughs> get the trails in Castle Rock, but it's nice. so, it's so important. So if anyone wants to know like what they can do to help, just donate to the Aftermath Foundation. Yep. Like don't even like, there's, I, I can't even actually think of anything else that would be more helpful than doing that. In terms of direct contribution to people yeah. escaping, that is yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, find, find you know? to speak out and and do different things like that, and you know, help people that way. But as far as like contributing and what can people do, they should definitely do that. Big time, big time. No, <laughs> hopefully I'll, this will result in an increase in donations. I'll have to I'll have to ask them in a couple of weeks. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really hope it does. Chris Shelton endorses this message. <laughs> yes, yeah, support the Aftermath Foundation. That's right. That's absolutely. Right. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, this yeah. has been fun. Yeah, it's been great. Okay, folks. So we are uh, we have reached the end of the line here. I hope that this uh, entire interview and uh, update on Scientology, what's been going on lately, uh, has been educational, informative, and entertaining. That is the goal <laughs> here, and uh, I certainly think it has been. I, I think we've I think we've done some good stuff here. Yeah. 
and uh, and of course contributing to the to the bigger conversation right now of you know is Scientology actually like really legit on its way out? It's an interesting question. You yeah. know, it's uh, we'll have to see. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, so thank you very much for all yeah, of this. Thank you. All right, guys. Okay. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.